Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, joined by my colleague on the phone, Rick Parrish. Hi, Rick. Hello. Good to be with you again. And we wanted to have you on to talk about the Customer Experience Index 2017. The data are back. The report is out. And it's time for probably lots of drum rolling and rankings to be released. And really exciting this year, Rick, uh, as you mentioned to me, and as it says in the report, we are revealing the complete rankings of all 314 brands across 21 industries in the USCX index. So we're sharing a lot more of the data this year, which is very exciting. Anything you'd like to add? Uh, it is really cool. What people can do is they can actually look and they can see the entire ranking by industry, not just the leader and the laggard, as we had discussed in previous years, but every brand on the CX index can find where they fall as compared with their competitors, which is great stuff. Okay. Well, Rick, sit tight while I read through all 314 companies. No listeners, just kidding. We wouldn't do that to you. Uh, but I do encourage you to go check it out and read it for yourself and probably pick around between the different industries. But uh, Rick, uh, in addition to reading all the rankings, maybe uh, you can give our listeners a few of the big themes this year. Sure, sure. Uh, unfortunately, CX overall got worse. Uh, what we found is that, for starters, uh, losses were both broader and deeper than gains. Here's what I mean by that. First of all, losses were broader. Twice as many brands sank as rose. Yeah. Right? So out of, out of the 314 brands in the U.S. CX index, 49 lost points and 24 gain points, right? So right away, we see that uh, losses are broader than gains. And as far as losses being deeper than gains, when we look at the companies that lost points versus the companies that gained points, the companies that lost points lost on average a lot more points than the companies that gained points rose, right? So, so losses are both broader and deeper than gains. As a result of this, what we found is that scores in the excellent category, uh, that's the top category, totally died off. While the number of scores in the poor category, which is the second to worst category, went up. Right? Uh, and, and this is the first time we've seen the number of brands in the excellent category fall to zero. There have always been you know, a couple uh, up there in, in, you know, just into the excellent territory. Not anymore. In fact, huh. even the number of scores in the good category, which is right below excellent, even they fell they, on average, fell down back into that poor category, which is unfortunate. Yes, and and that look, is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, when we look at this at an industry level, what we find is that out of the 21 industries we cover, three industry averages fell and none rose. You know, that's the, the big picture, the big landscape here. Customer experience in the U.S. is worse than it was last year. Yeah. Okay. And... Things got better last year, right? Uh, there was a lot more um, companies bringing the bottom up, so to speak. Uh, that's right. We did see some some modest improvements, sort of in the middle of the pack last okay. year. Uh, not not huge gains, uh, but uh, but we did see we did see that that uh, that companies broadly, you know, across industries in the middle of the pack, were starting to creep up on the leaders. All right. We're not seeing that anymore. But I'm, and I'm almost hearing you say, not only are we not seeing any increases in, in the middle of the pack, but this year's losses sort of wipe out last year's gains and then some, it sounds like. Uh, yes. Yes, it does, unfortunately. Okay. Well, Rick, what happened? <laughs> what is going on out there that is leading to these declining scores? Uh, well, <laughs> where do we start? Right? What, yeah. Yeah. Where do we start? One of the, the, the biggest things that we see here is that the scores for elite brands, you know, this is the top 5% of 
of brands across all industries in, in the US CX index. Their scores have been flat for a long time now, and they stayed flat again. Hmm. The best customer experiences aren't getting any better. And in fact, a few of the, the best are starting to, to backslide a little bit, right? There are 18 elite brands. Of those 18, 16 stayed the same. The other two, one uh, lost a couple of points, and then uh, another one is a new elite that, that just managed to, to uh, earn its way into the elites, not because it gained any points, but because an old elite lost points and dropped right out of the elites. Hmm. Right? So, so what we see is that those best customer experiences, they're stagnant. And, and in fact, even within the industry level, you know, if we look at the front runners in each industry, they all either stayed stagnant uh, or lost points. There are some industries that have new front runners this year. But those front runners didn't earn the spot because they improved. They earned the spot because last year's front runner got worse. Wow, that's really interesting. So staying the same this year was likely to move you up in the rankings? Yes, uh, since they are exactly. Ranked, they are rankings, right? So it's relative. Can you give us a couple of company names from that elite group just to highlight who it is that we're talking about? Sure. Uh, sure. So, you know, uh, uh, elite brands include companies like uh, Navy Federal Credit Union, USAA, uh, Edward Jones, QVC, Zappos, Lexus, uh, Omni Hotel, you know, yeah. just, to, just to name a few. Right? Those are some of the, uh, the brands up there that still provide the best customer experiences uh, you will find, but they're not getting any better. You are really highlighting one of those four L's, I think, if I'm remembering your, your framework correctly, <laughs> um, with the leaders, right, where they have not gotten any better. So I think they're the languishers, right? Uh, That's the, right. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and so we've got these four L words that I'm aware of, but I, I thought maybe there was a fifth, but guide me on that. Um, how should companies think about this? And, and you know, maybe what are some companies that slot into each of those four groups? Sure. So there are technically five L's, although one of those L's is, is mythical. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's actually leader, right? A, okay. a, we, define, we define the CX leader as a company that rises to the top and then keeps improving. Right. And after all, that's, that's what a leader does. Right? A leader keeps going. A leader blazes a trail. Okay, so yeah, so when you when you you lay that out, of course we we do have a fifth L in theory, but not in practice. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Because because there are no companies that have risen to the top and kept going. Hmm. What we do have are some companies that rose to the top and then stopped. Those are the languishers you mentioned, yeah. right? Companies that rose to the top and then stalled out. Yeah. Right. Uh, and what we find is that. Uh, 13% of brands in the entire USDX index are languishers. They got up there, and now they're just sitting. And the, uh, the industry that actually has the biggest proportion of languishers is the uh, wireless service provider industry. Nearly half of wireless service provider companies are languishers, which means that these companies, they are providing relatively good CX. They're just not getting better. Then uh, Lapsers is the next L. These are brands that rose to the top and then fell backwards. Um, their CX index performance has declined for the last one or two years. 17% uh, of brands are lapsers, which I think is a, is a pretty big number. I mean, nearly one in five brands got as good as they had ever gotten, but then went backwards. That's pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we look at which industries have the, the most lapsers in them, I'll draw your attention to the uh, auto and home insurance provider industry. 
of which about half of the brands there are left. The uh, next L is what we call the lockstepers. These are brands that move up and down with the pack. They just sort of meander about a little better this year, a little worse this year, stagnant this year, whatever, uh, with their competitors. They're not really differentiating themselves, you know, in any way. They may console themselves, oh, this year we went up four points or whatever, but it doesn't really matter because everybody else is going up too, right? Um, and so about 43% of brands in the CX index are locksteppers. And uh, one big industry for, the, for locksteppers is the over-the-top provider industry, you know, the, the uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime. And, and uh, five out of the six over-the-top providers are, are locksteppers, which means this is the industry with the least differentiation among brands. Hmm. This was and actually, I found this an interesting finding, but you know, personally, as a subscriber to, to, to all of those, I wasn't surprised to see our data show no differentiation among brands, because my, my personal experience certainly showed no differentiation among brands. <laughs> and then laggards. That's the last one. These are brands that have stayed at or near the bottom. Maybe some of them have gone up a few points, but they're still, relatively speaking, down there on the bottom. Overall, 27% of brands in the CX index are clustered down there on the bottom. This uh, actually might not be a surprise to folks to, to learn that the internet service provider industry is 100% laggards. <gasps> oh, wait, no. <laughs> it is, not surprising it is the, Not surprising, yes, yeah. Uh, it is the only industry uh, with 100% laggards. Not even the U.S. federal government, which we also cover, has 100% laggards. So <laughs> ISPs are even worse than the government in that regard. <laughs> There's a headline for you. Even worse than government agencies. Worse than the government. That's a good industry to highlight there because, I mean, they epitomize that L to me, right? Laggards, I think of them as laggards, have thought of them as laggards. And, um, you know, they're, I guess we know that some of them are working at customer experience. It just doesn't seem to translate into meaningful improvements in their customer experience, maybe. Um, That's right. And so... Hey, that's what a laggard does and sounds like. Okay, great. Well, thank you for walking us through that. I was genuinely unsure of why I hadn't heard of a fifth L, even though you were sort of suggesting that there was a fifth L, and that makes a lot of sense. It's because it is uh, a theoretical L, at least for now. Um, I'll ask you to forecast, project, look forward here. That's what we try to do at Forrester some of the time anyway. Do you foresee an L in the next few years? Like if, if, uh, how about CX Index 2020? Will there be any leaders in that point? CX Index 2020, will there be any leaders, any companies that, are, that have risen to the top and then kept going? Yep, right. No, I don't think there will. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, which um, is, well, it's a problem for customers. It's also a problem for, for companies, too, because, because what it means is that uh, they stay clustered. They need, to, uh, they need to work harder to differentiate themselves on the basis of customer experience. You know, they're, they're fighting against not only each other's customer experiences, but customer expectations. Yeah. You know? And customer expectations keep going up. Even if the quality of experiences don't actually keep going up, customers' expectations keep going up. And so you know, if you're doing the same thing this year that you were doing last year, chances are your CX is going to go down. Yeah. Right? And that's, so That's really and interesting. So that's, yeah. That, that's, companies are, companies are in, a, in a tough spot here. It wouldn't surprise me to discover that the average quality of CX 
creeps up a bit over the next couple of years, and so many companies are, are working hard. And more and more companies are actually getting more disciplined about it. They're, they're really approaching the way they manage their customer experience in a, in a more systematic and efficient way. So it wouldn't surprise me to find in 2020 that the average score has inched up a couple of notches. However, I don't expect to see any real breakaway true leaders that are just rising up and leaving everyone else behind you over here. Yeah. Okay. So we'll stick with the four L's, but maybe hopefully get back to a point at which more companies are moving up rather than moving down. Um, We've published all of the companies uh, in terms of the results. We've got lots of examples and data and charts in this report. What should our readers do with that, Rick? I mean, this is a lot of information. It's kind of depressing a little bit this year, right, with with the picture. How would you recommend that companies take this and run with it? What should they be thinking about doing based off of this report? What they really have to do is once they see where they stand in relation to their competitors and and in relation to other companies in general, because, of course, as we always say, your customers aren't just comparing your CX with your competitors, but to the best experiences they have anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. What companies need to do is they need to dig in deeper into the data and discover the drivers of CX for their company, Mm. right? Discover, Discover what the most important drivers are and how well they perform on those drivers or how poorly they perform on those drivers. So they can understand exactly what components of the customer experience they need to start improving. And then, of course, what they need to do is they need to get serious about customer experience management. And customer experience management is all about the stuff you have to do to, in a systematic and efficient way, Focus on nailing those drivers, focusing the whole company on that so that you can improve the customer experience. That's really what everyone has to do. The rankings, I I find the rankings fascinating. They're really interesting. Everybody loves a good horse race, but that's not the point, right? The point of this is to dig in deeper and identify the drivers and figure out what you need to focus on. Okay, so listeners, listen to that, what Rick just said. Let everyone else get consumed with the horse race and study the rankings and how everyone's stacked up, and you ignore that. And you drill in on your drivers, what matters to your customers in terms of the experience that you deliver to them. Uh, That's easy to say, I think, for us, and and hard to do. So maybe can you give us a, a quick example of maybe what one of those key drivers is for a company or for an industry and tease that out just a little bit for our listeners so they know what we're talking about and what they should be thinking about? Sure, sure. So we actually cover 40 drivers overall in the CX index, and some of those drivers are the same across industries, and some are particular to a, to a given industry. And one of the things that we've done this year is we've actually categorized those drivers into, for each industry, about seven different categories. So there, there are categories like respect me as a customer or uh, customer service. You know, which is that, that one slice of the customer relationship that focuses on support for a product or service you've just purchased. You know, hey, my widget broke, get me a new one. Or clear communication. Right? This is a, a few examples of, of the different sorts of, of categories. And so different categories are of different importance across different industries. But you certainly can't go wrong, according to the data, if you take a look at clear communication. Again, there are specific drivers within this category. Uh, but overall, this is one that pops up again and again and again mm. as important everywhere we look. Clear communication. A lot of companies think they're communicating clearly. Not as many customers agree. That's for sure. 
Okay, good. Well, that's a very then specific thing that uh, our listeners can take on. Go tackle clear communication. Look for where there is an assumption you're making as a company that customers understand what you're telling them or, or what they should do, and uh, that that is, assumption is incorrect, that it needs to be challenged, needs to be taken on, that uh, your communication isn't as intuitive or understandable or jargon-free as you might think it is. And yeah, Rick, um, I'm glad you mentioned that. We, on another podcast episode, talked to our colleague Faith Adams, who has written about this. Um, oh, sure. The importance Great of report. clear communication. Yeah, and, and how much of a lift you get from improving your communication so that it does inspire trust rather than confusion. Rick, thank you for joining us again on CXCast. We always appreciate having you on and to talk about your research and, and the trends you're seeing. Listeners, we'll link to and encourage you to check out the U.S. Customer Experience Index 2017. Canadian listeners, we haven't forgotten about you. There's a report on the Canadian Customer Experience Index 2017 out already. And Rick, a fair to um, forecast that we'll have uh, reports out for other countries as well pretty soon? Uh, we certainly will. Those should be out uh October, November timeframe. Okay, good. We'll look out for some of our European and even Asian uh, CX index. That's reports. right. All right. We try to get as broad-based as we can. So listeners, uh, thank you for joining us on CXCast, and we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CXCast. And remember, your customer's perception is your customer experience reality. Thank you.